Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about the difference between prayer and the Old and New Testament. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about our prayers when we enter the new covenant and how they are different than those we read about under the old law. You know, Jesus' disciples, they were well acquainted with the concept of prayer. When they came to Jesus to ask him how they would pray, they asked, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. They didn't explain what, but the disciples recognized that there was going to be something different about Jesus. And many people could see that. Jesus' teaching, it shook the very foundation of religious thought of his day. His miracles stunned crowds and his compassion transformed lives. And when people were near Jesus, they just wanted to touch him. They just wanted to come close to him because they could recognize there was something extraordinary about him. But they knew how to pray. You know, prayer was central to their religion and it was described often in the Old Testament. So why would they ask, Lord, teach us to pray. It wasn't because they never heard a prayer, but it was because the disciples recognized that whatever was extraordinary about Christ would carry on to his teaching on the content of prayer, and it would be notably different than John's teaching. So first we should know, what did John teach about prayer? We don't know much, but in Luke chapter 5, verse 33, we learn that John's disciples were known to pray often. Jesus was questioned by some that asked him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. And so John's disciples were often praying, as was the religious custom of the day. And the reason why prayer is so important for us to discuss is because Prayer gets to the very heart of who we understand God to be. When we pray as the Bible demands, we assume certain things. We assume first that there is a God. We assume that he's sovereign and powerful. He's the one we should be talking to. We assume that he can hear us. We assume that he is willing and wanting to listen. And most of all, we assume that he wants us to talk to him. We assume that he wants to communicate with us. And so our basic understanding about God is reflected in our prayers. And so how would John's disciples have prayed? Probably how we preached about repentance, about the coming kingdom, about a national return to God. Now, why would our prayers then today be different than those of the Old Testament and those of John's. Well, there are several reasons why we should be cautious about the Old Testament prayers and relying on them for guidance. Number one, the disciples recognized that Jesus offered a new concept of prayer that was different from what they had before. They knew something was going to be different, and that alone should alert us to a shift in prayer. They also show us the source of this new teaching. It wasn't in the synagogues. It wasn't even in the scriptures that comprised the Old Testament, although the prophecies could lead us to understanding more about what prayer would look like. But they went to Christ. And we should, like his disciples, look to Jesus for how we should pray to the Father. And we can also see the example that the early Christians set when they applied his teaching. 
One of my favorite examples of prayer in scripture is found in Acts chapter 21, verse 5, where it's talking about Paul leaving towards Jerusalem. And it says, when it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way, all of them, including wives and children, accompanying us out of the city. And there on the beach, we knelt to pray. And saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. That's just one out of so many examples of the early church, how instrumental prayer was. Prayer connected those early Christians. It was how they said hello. It was how they said goodbye. And it's how they got through the good times and the bad. So we can learn an incredible deal about what prayer looks like from their example. Perhaps this is a subject that's better illuminated in the scriptures than just about any other because Jesus sat his disciples down and said, this is what you should do. But we should be wary of using Old Testament prayers as our foundation because the disciples recognized that Christ brought a change. Number two, we should be careful looking back to the law for guidance on prayer because the Old Testament's theocratic perspective is not appropriate for Christians. You know, although God has always planned to establish a spiritual kingdom for his nation, Israel, like a lot of us, had gotten pretty comfortable on earth. You know, their prayers were often geared towards protecting and building up their physical possessions in the kingdom on earth. Peter addresses his first letter by reminding us that we are strangers or exiles in this world. We don't belong here. This isn't our home. We were reborn to live somewhere else. And we have a part in a royal priesthood and a holy nation. And we should praise God for that. First Peter chapter 1 starting in verse 3, says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. His great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. In fact, our citizenship is in heaven, and we are eagerly awaiting our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, according to Philippians 3, verse 20. Our highest allegiance then, is not to a sovereign on earth or a congress or a president or any other leader of a physical nation, no matter how faithful that person might be. It's to our only absolute sovereign. We serve a foreign king, and so we should seem foreign in this land. As Christians, we can never settle for hopelessly working to perfect a temporal kingdom when we could be working in an already perfect eternal one. And so we should be careful relying on the teachings of Old Testament prayers that are focused on this physical kingdom or theocracy. Number three, we should be careful emulating the prayers of the Old Testament because the Israelites had a temple that their prayers revolved around. And Christians have been set free from this structure. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 says, But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. 
In Colossians, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians, it tells us that our very bodies replaced that temple. Our prayers are no longer bound by geography or anything else that is a part of this creation. And the veil has been torn and we now have a direct line to speak with the Father. We should never again limit our prayers and we should pray without ceasing. Finally, with few exceptions, the Old Testament doesn't acknowledge an afterlife. Our hope of eternal life offers an entirely new dimension of prayer that wouldn't be present in most of the prayers we see in the Old Testament. Our prayers should be full of praise and thanksgiving that God has given us by his grace through faith a hope of abundant life. So the Old Testament has value to Christians. According to 2 Timothy 3.17, all scriptures God breathed. And the Old Testament's prayers, they can add to our prayer vocabulary today. But we have to understand its proper purpose. Our prayers today and the way Jesus taught his disciples to pray reflect the extraordinary nature of his new covenant with us. Let's never lose sight of that great gift. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's Word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.